Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different? Welcome to another edition of the No Laying Up podcast. Um, I'll be hosting today. This is Neil Schuster, co-founder and merch czar over at NLU. And uh, we also have a special guest, Tron Carter, uh, my brother, also co-founder of NLU and hot cake aficionado on the line. Tron, how are we doing today? Good afternoon. Good to be here. Pumped for the Masters next week. And I can't forget um, fellow NLU co-founder, Big Randy. The Shake has joined us from the great state of Ohio. What's going on, Big Randy? Hey, Neil. Hey, guys. And also on the roundtable pre-Masters discussion, we have Augusta native David Barnett and Pat Perry, uh, co-founders of TourJunkies.net. Great podcast you can find on iTunes and at TourJunkies.net. David and Pat, how are you guys doing? We are doing, doing good, man. Pumped to be here. Doing great. Absolutely. We appreciate you having us. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time to join us. So to kick things off, we'd love to hear a, a little bit of background about Tour Junkies. I've enjoyed the podcast um, recently, uh, but how long have you guys been doing this? Yeah, Neil, um, you know, we started thinking about this and kicking this around probably like summer of 2015, and um, Pat and I just got regular guys who love golf, and we, we found ourselves talking about daily fantasy golf specifically like every week for an hour and one day we you know we worked together of course and so we were we were wasting the company's dime doing this and you know one day pat was like man we should start a podcast and i was like yeah i love listening to podcasts i do it all the time and so did he and we had no idea how um and we knew that there were some out there that that we would listen to on a weekly basis and they were pretty good but then some weren't as good and we felt like we could be better so we just kind of we actually practiced for about 12 weeks we would record our wives thought we were the just biggest morons on the planet um we would we would you know spend an hour and a half or so two hours a week uh just recording and editing our show and and we did about 12 episodes and you know started to let some friends listen to it towards the end but just trying to work on what was going on and we finally released our first episode on itunes and soundcloud in october for thefries.com, which I guess is the first event of the, the little swing season there. And we've been going ever since, man. So we've done some strategy shows, and we've done some, uh, obviously, the weekly shows on the PGA Tour schedule. And uh, we've had incredible guests on so far. We've had Brooks Kepka on the show. We've had John Peterson, who's just hilarious, Scott Brown and Kevin Kisner, a couple guys who are near and dear to our heart and hometown of Augusta. Um, We've got some other good ones coming. It's it's going to be a good year, good first year for the tour junkies, that's for sure. That's great stuff. Sounds like uh, similar roots to no laying up. Uh, some some of our favorites from Brooks Kepka, as everyone knows, Solly is just in love with him and uh, what's not to like. Um, yeah, he's so a man yeah. dime. He's a man dime. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> for sure. Well. You know, we're looking forward to Tron and I will be down in Augusta. And I'm looking forward to joining you guys next Monday for the practice round. Um, and kind of everybody's got Masters fever, um, you know, coming up here this week. I think the Shell Houston Open's kind of a, an afterthought. 
Um, yeah. Definitely a great track. Um, but, you know, we want to open it up here and, and kind of start off with some stories that you guys both mean Augusta Natives. Um, I'd like to know, and I think Tron and I were talking about this before, you know, what's your favorite Masters that you've been to in your lifetime? Oh, man. You know, that's a uh, that's a tough question. I've got two, though, for me that are, are my favorites. One, and I'm a little bit older than David, as he'll probably point out many times, but uh, I would never, I would never point that out, Pat. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But '87 was probably one of my favorites. That was the Larry Mize one. Good uh, God, you are old. I, <laughs> anyway, let, let me get through this before your comments. How about that? But anyway, so '87 was a great one. I was, I was there when he chipped in right there at Amen Corner. Of course, I was a little bit too short to actually see it, but it was, it was pretty incredible. And also '92 when Couples won. Couples was always my favorite player growing up. I tried to emulate him on when I played golf. I, you know, had his his Lynx irons and his Ashworth golf shirts, and I, I just loved him. And so I was on 18 when he came up and won, and that was just an incredible moment I'll always remember. So that those are probably my two favorites. Pat, you know, don't let Pat fool you. He still wears a lot of Ashworth and and pleated pleated pants. Um, my favorite would be in this century, and that would be in 2005. Um, I was sitting on the ropes. I had a buddy whose dad was a gallery guard, and so on Sunday, on the final round, he would get in before the patrons. And, man, let me tell you one thing. No laying up. If you guys could ever get there for Sunday and somehow be in the in the, the crowd that rushes the gate on Sunday morning when they open up and you see everyone speed walking through the gate to get to 18 green because if you run, you're you're going to get kicked out. Um, it is a really fun thing to see, but we got lucky because. Question, uh, real quick, how does yeah. that work? I mean, is there some kind of mystical hierarchy, or is it just <laughs> no. like first come, first serve? You know, like no, yeah, it you is. Get down in that in that spot, you're in, and it's yours. That's exactly right. It's one of the things you know, Pat and I talked on our Masters Preview podcast this this past week. It's amazing. People, when they get on the grounds of the Augusta National, become different people. You're more polite. You're more respect, respectful. Um, and you adhere to rules, even if you've never been a rule follower before. Um, and the rule is at Augusta that if there's a chair on the ground, you, you don't move it. You don't move it. You don't sit in it. If it's not yours, it just is what it is. And if you're reported to you know, a gallery guard or somebody that's uh, on staff, I mean, you could be escorted out. Uh, so it's a big deal. So... On Sunday morning, you have people that get there really early, and they've got their chairs. And when they open the gate to the patrons, it is a speed walk fest because you're not allowed to run. And, and there are people calling you out and will pull you out uh, if you run. So there are people you know, speed walking as best as possible to get to that 18th green on the ropes as soon as possible just to get their chair in place. And if the chair's in place, then they can leave until 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and it'll be there. So one of my friend's dads was a gallery guard and got uh, got us in early before they opened the gate. So we are literally on 18 green by ourselves, sunrise, before anyone else, you know, any other patrons out there. Our chairs, our two chairs are on the rope, um, you know, that front left pin location, that Sunday pin location on 18, on the rope, literally as close as any patron could possibly be to the flag. And we left him there. And we came back later that afternoon. We're, we're, we're watching groups come through. And this is the year that Tiger hit the chip on 16. And, I, 
man, I, I got goosebumps just telling you about it. But I mean, I've been to tournament rounds, you know, not as many as Pat, but I've been to plenty of them. And, you know, the roars in Augusta are, are some of the, just the most incredible things to, to hear and feel when you're there, but nothing like the roar that we heard on 16, uh, not having any idea what happened, you know, cause you can't have your phone out there. So nobody knows what, what went, knows, knows what happened. You just saw, you just heard the roar and then you saw the scoreboard go up where Tiger got a birdie and you're like, what? How did he that that you know we just knew it was a hole in one from Tiger because it was bigger than a birdie roar, um, and then that was the year he ended up winning in a playoff against Chris DeMarco uh, in 2005 and and I was right there I was in a couple of magazine behind you know behind Tiger's bicep in the fist pump picture uh, I was back there it was pretty cool uh, that was easily my most memorable uh, tournament moment for sure. That's uh, that that year was awesome that's one of my favorite I mean really DeMarco went. I mean, toe to toe. He yeah. slayed the dragon. I mean, that was yep. that was one of the more remarkable performances of our lifetime. I think it was a good one. And then, as far as where you you know, when you go Saturday or Sunday, where do you typically? I mean, eighteen obviously you said, but anywhere else do you typically like to post up? Yeah, I think, um, and I think this is a little more low key. There's there's some places, and it just kind of depends on what you're you're looking to do out there. You know, if you really want to watch some golf, I think number two green is actually a great place to post up because you get to see, you know, everyone come through. You can see the approach shots. You know, it being a par five, some will go for it, some will lay up. And uh, and then, you know, so that, you know, speaking of no laying up, but um, so I think it's, and then you get to see them put on the green. So two to me is actually a pretty underrated spot. And you, usually, you can usually get in there pretty good. Um, kind of the party area though is right around 16 and 6 both obviously uh, 16 a really famous par 3 but then 6 is a par 3 also that's kind of where you see a lot of the younger crowd drinking beers or whatever kind of partying a little bit so you know those are kind of two places that I definitely try to hit up almost every time I'm there yeah 16 is my favorite spot um, and I love going to 16 on Tuesday actually which is uh, you know, that's a practice round where you're going to have every player that's they're, they're going to be practicing. There's nobody skipping that day. So you're going to get to see a lot of groups, but there's bleachers right there at the 16 tee uh, that sit right over the tee box. So you're going to see them hit into 16, and then that's the day that traditionally they go and, um, uh, you know, skip balls over the water. Yeah, um, and that's a lot of fun. Last year I saw Steve Stricker. Uh, there were these four turtles on the bank uh, right between where the tee box and the flag and every, the, the whole crowd, every time the group would, would walk up, they'd start chanting, turtle, turtle, wanting them to try to skip it and hit the turtle, and nobody was doing it. Well, Steve Stricker hit one and dropped him in the pond, and the crowd just went crazy. But that's a fun spot to sit on, too, uh, because you've also got the, like Pat said, you've got concessions right behind you, so you, you can make a very short walk to get your, your green beer and your you know, your pimento cheese or egg salad or barbecue sandwich, whatever you get, and then you hop right back up. That's that's a favorite spot. There's also a good little corner between 14 and 15 that I like. Um, there's a section of ropes right in between the, the fairway and, um, of both of those holes where you can see them hit the approach shot into 14 and, and any kind of putts, and that's an interesting uh, green to watch because it's just so much undulation on that, on that hole. But then you can also watch them hit the tee ball coming back down 15 so I kind of like that little corner too there's never anybody there either so you can easily walk back and forth and get you a good view yeah I was, so, I've been that actually that was that was one of my favorite spots too. yeah uh, 
between 14 and 15 there, and then also standing kind of off to the right side of 13. Yep. 13 green, second shot into 13, and then uh, then the tee shot on 14, which is fantastic. But um, I got a question question for the group. Uh, Do you guys think that the the, uh, Tiger shirt guy is going to be on 16 this year, stand behind the tee? Um, Even without Big Cat around, uh, I'm gonna say no. My my vote would be no. I, I think he I think he skips this year. Yeah, I'm Randy. Agree what do you think? Do you guys think uh, you there's a chance Big Cat plays? No, there's no chance. No, I don't. I don't yeah. see it happening at all. No. Yeah, I won't rule it out until the Thursday round begins. Um, hold on, Neil. Go back to the Tiger shirt guy. I'm I'm totally blanking on that. It, you, explain that one. So tiger shirt guy wears the bright orange uh, Bengal tiger shirt, stands right behind the tee on 16, and real animated. Guy just gets real into it. He's an Augusta treasure, in my opinion. Uh, I'm wondering if you guys have run into him at all no. or, uh, in your careers. No, no but we, we might. We'll, we'll try to hunt him down and, and maybe get him on the show one day or something. Yeah, he always stands behind the tee. Like first row, or he's sitting like uh, for at least three or four years in a row, and I I, I always text Tron. I'm, I'm just there. He is, you know. He's got that uh, <laughs> giant orange Bengal tiger shirt on t-shirt. He's uh, on sixteen. He yeah, he's on sixteen behind yeah. behind. The yeah, tee. Randy, Randy, Google it. It's literally just type in tiger shirt guy. Go to Google. I'm like the first. Yeah, time. I feel so ashamed. I'm sure that I don't know who this is off the top of my head, but I'm 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 on Google. Yeah, there he is. Oh, guys, wait a minute. Yeah, we could get this guy on. So, you know, moving on, David, is it were you and Pat both caddies at Augusta, or just one of you guys? Just David. Yeah. David, what was? How long did you do that for? Um, I was there from two thousand. I was there for two thousand seven and two thousand eight. So not long enough. I was wrapping up my last year of college, first year being married. Um, but it was a it was incredible for sure. Okay, you got to line that up. It's actually easier than you think. Um and it, and it really like yeah, I I don't have a lot of regrets in life, but I the one regret I have is that I never looked into that sooner. Um you know, I spent like the first 4 years of college doing the whole restaurant, you know, F&B thing, being a server and getting treated like garbage and and making terrible money and um it was like I was almost done with with school and one of the one of the managers at a restaurant I worked for was like, you love golf, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, I love golf. And he said, well, I got a buddy that is a caddy master at Augusta. Would you want to be a caddy? And I was like, uh, hell yeah, I want to be a caddy. And, and I'm like, and I've been here my whole life and had no idea. So basically I just showed up and um, made a phone call, showed up, and you take this test, right? I'm sitting in the caddy house of Augusta National and they give you this paper test. Now, this was in 07, so actually late 06 is when I took the test. It is the dumbest test you've ever, you could ever imagine. If you have ever, if you can spell golf, you pass the test. That's the first test. Um, it, it is just so stupid. I mean, it, it's, it's very elementary. Then they take you out um, with a couple of senior caddies. This is in the evening when play shut down. They take you out with some senior caddies. And they take you to a few greens, and they they talk through reading the greens and through you know um, just kind of theory of that kind of thing. And if they still don't think you're a total you know dumbass, then 
they invite you to do this um, this caddy thing at another golf course. So basically, you caddy for one of the head caddies at a local course for nine holes, and and you have to treat it as if you were at Augusta. So even though it's not Augusta, you have to you know do everything that Augusta makes you do on their golf course. Um, and you know if you don't screw that up, which plenty of people do, believe it or not. But which if you don't local screw course did they take you out to? It's the it's the River Golf Club. It's actually in, in North Augusta, which is technically in South Carolina. It's just across the river. Um, so it's at the river, and uh, and yeah, if, if you pass the nine holes, they say, all right, congratulations, you're a caddy, and um, you can play the back nine if you want, and we're going home and report to work tomorrow <laughs> or whatever. And so it just happened, and it was amazing. <laughs> so uh, it was pretty cool. And best best bag you carried? Any any good? Uh... Yeah. Good stories. Give us the top one or two. I definitely have some good stories. I carried for, um, let's see, uh, Scotty Cameron was a pretty cool um, cool guy, very cool guy. He requested me after day one. He was there for two days, and he didn't have to request me after day one, but he did. I was pretty happy with that. He didn't give me a putter, though, and I was too scared to ask because the National would, would just you know fire you on the spot if you did something like that. <laughs> uh, caddied for the former GM of the Atlanta Braves, John Sherholtz. He was a really nice guy, yeah. good golfer, too. Um, you know, saw a bunch of people out there. I mean, I saw the Mannings out there one day, never caddied in their group, but saw Archie, Eli, and Peyton. I saw Bill Gates and Warren Buffett on the same hole one time um, playing together, which is pretty surreal to think about. Um, and then I have two really, you know, the most memorable rounds that I ever did. One was at the Augusta National. The other one is at the Augusta Country Club, which is um, a course that Pat grew up at, and it's a beautiful golf course, an old course. It's it's right next to Augusta National. In fact, it butts up to the National, and Ray's Creek runs through it, just like just like the National. Uh, but the week of Masters, the uh, Augusta Country Club will contract out the National caddies to be four caddies because you know they're entertaining a lot of big names and and big players that week, so they kind of step it up a notch. Uh, and obviously, we weren't needed the week of Masters because the players don't need us, so. He gave us work to do, and it was a, a chance for extra money. And so I'm there, and I was about to get married. It was the summer before I was going to get married, and I was like, "Man, you know, I'm going to work. I'm going to, I'm going to do double loops. You know, I'm going to do 36 holes. I'm going to make a bunch of cash." And I get there, and like Monday, Tuesday were really slow, and I wasn't getting two loops. And the guys I were getting were just total buttholes, and I wasn't getting great tips, and I was just ticked. So Tuesday night, I go to my, my caddy master, and I said, look, man, you got to help me out. I, I need I need more money than this. This is a waste of my time. And, you know, you got terrible caddies getting taken out to dinner by their groups and stuff, and I'm just I'm getting stiffed over here. And he's like, be here tomorrow at 1.30. And I said, no, no, no. I was like, you heard me, bro. I need money. I need two loops tomorrow. I need to be here at 8 a.m., and I'm going to be off again at 1.30. So what do you got for me? He's like, nope, I need you fresh. I need you here at 1.30. Trust me. And I said, who is it? And he said, I can't tell you who it is, but I promise you'll enjoy it. So, of course, I like spend the whole night dreaming about who this could possibly be. I get to the, I get to the course at 1 o'clock, and he says, your player's on the range. Um, he's the tall guy with the afro. And I'm like, <laughs> and I look over, and all of my wildest dreams come true. Um, it was Will Ferrell. And he was filming semi-pro, that, that ABA basketball movie. So he had the curls and the big hair, and it was like three colors of red and orange. Um, and, and that was my loop for the day. And this is a four-caddy thing. So basically, you, you guys know what the four-caddy is. Like, I'm, I'm there to babysit all day. I'm not carrying a bag. I'm just riding on your car. I'm 
cleaning your ball and fixing your pitch marks and stuff. And so Will Ferrell was my round, and it was the most amazing five hours of my life. It was pretty incredible. Um, so I, I won't ha I won't get into like all the stories because I don't know if we have enough time. But there's some there's some really good stories that that I, I had from that round. But is Ferrell a decent stick? Uh, no, he's awful. So I, when I walked up to him, I introduced myself, you know, and and I walk up to him, and he's hitting a few balls, and we're getting comfortable, you know, and he, he had on, I remember cause I really cared about this back in 2006. I don't as much anymore, but he had on these like Jay Lindenberg Puma shoes that are $230 golf shoes. And I was like, dude, your golf shoes are, are killer. And he's like, really? I don't even know what these are. Are they, are they nice? And I'm like, yeah, somebody, he's like, somebody just gave them to me. And he had like the old tailor made bubble, um, like bubble shaft drivers and stuff and all these grab this grab bag of clubs. His bag was like a brown leather, old, heavy bag with a single strap, no logos, you know, no nothing. Um, and he was awful. I mean, he's hitting his, you know, he's hitting his driver straight up in the air and, you know, chunking fairway woods and stuff. He was terrible. And But he was fine with that. He totally owned it and um, and uh, could laugh at himself. He was really cool. It was a great round. I was going to ask, what what about member-wise at Augusta? Anybody, any regulars come through uh, um, that would request you? No, I didn't really get any requests because I was part time. Um, I would get there was one local guy that that would request me every now and then, but the part timers really you just had to get lucky. Um, I did get my best round at Augusta was um, caddying for Arnold Palmer. I, I got a caddy for him one time, which was pretty stupid. That's as good as it gets, man. Um, yeah, it was. It was. You know, the, the Arnold Palmer round and the Will Ferrell round were the the two greatest memories I have, which is funny because those two could not be more opposite. I mean, you know the whole. <laughs> The whole time I'm caddying for Arnie, it's just it's just reverent, you know, and the mood is different, and um, it was surreal the whole time, and um, he was just incredible. Uh, and then of course Will Ferrell, who like I absolutely adore and is hilarious, uh, but a totally different vibe and experience as you could imagine. But yeah, caddying for Arnie was pretty cool. That was a one day, 18 hole thing. Um, you know, it was actually kind of sad too because he was. So this was a caddy for Arnie in '08. So he was pretty. I mean, he was starting to get there. You know, pretty pretty bad off, and he just couldn't hit the golf ball like he used to. And and I remember telling my dad when I got home that day, you know, that it was kind of sad because you could tell that he still had plenty of competitive juices flowing because he he honestly got mad at himself when he wasn't hitting the ball well. And he hit a bad shot, and he would he would seriously be mad at himself. He had all this expectation, and I'm like, dude, you're you're freaking Arnold Palmer. Just don't worry about it, you know. Um, but he was just mad, and he just didn't like that he couldn't hit it like he used to, and put it where he wanted to, and he didn't feel that great. So um, he didn't talk a whole lot. I mean, he he was nice and and cordial, but the one thing he did say on 18, he hit his approach shot short. And we're about to chip up, and I'm standing in front of him. He's got his wedge. He waggles a little bit, and he looks up at me, and he goes, he looks at my hat. My name's on, on the side of my hat. He probably didn't know my name until that point. And he, he read it, and he goes, David, you know what I'm going to do after this? I said, no, sir, Mr. Palmer. He said, I don't know if you know this, but there's a real cute young lady that gives massages uh, up in the up in the members' lounge, and I'm going to have a good drink, and I'm going to let her rub my shoulders. And I said, Mr. Palmer, that sounds fantastic. And he hit his chip and he left. That was it. <laughs> <laughs>
Wow, that's that's awesome. That's so good. The breeder. (laughs) Yeah, ceremonial opening tee shot. Like you could always tell he really, the guy really gave a shit about. He does where the ball was going. You know what I mean? He does. An immense amount of pride in that. I always respected the hell out of that. Yep. It's gonna be sad not seeing him do that this year. Yep, it really is. Uh, as far as the caddy yard at Augusta, is there? I mean, is it is it a pretty good mix of of kind of lifers and and guys that are that are kind of floating in and out? Right? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, there's a lot of a lot of lifers. Um, you know, when I was there, there was a lot of you know. Let's be real, man. Augusta, uh, you know, they they're hanging on to a lot of black caddies. You know, um, and and um they they stick around and they get treated really well and they have members that request them all the time and they've been doing it for 40 years they remember when you know there was nothing but black caddies there um so there's some really incredible stories in that caddy house for sure and then you've got you know some some guys who are in the middle of that lifetime run and you've got some guys like me who are just kind of coming through as part-timers or college kids or you know, just don't know what else they're going to do. Um, and my biggest regret, like I said, was not doing it earlier because had I done it earlier, uh, you know, in the summers, the course shuts down. And if you're employed by them, you can travel to almost any major golf course on the, on the planet and they will, they will give you a job for that, that season. So, I mean, a lot of guys were, were going to Aspen in the summers or going to St. Andrews and caddying at St. Andrews and, you know, rooming with other caddies for a summer and, and doing your thing at St. Andrews. I mean, there's nothing I mean, I can't imagine what I could have done that would have been better than that. But unfortunately, I waited too late in life. And, um, you know, I love my wife, but I got married. So <laughs> I couldn't do that. Uh, you ever read the book? Uh, there's a book called Loopers. No, I've never read that. I've never read that. I thought you were going to say Freddie and Me, but no, I've, I've not read Loopers. That was, yeah. Loopers. Uh, actually, Randy recommended that one to me. And, man, I think I read it in like 36 hours. It was. It sounds was like a good one. It was sweet. But, yeah, this guy's out at. Either Shinnecock or National Golf Links, and then another spot up in Connecticut. And he actually goes out to Aspen. Um, you know, goes to Aspen, does uh, works at Sherwood out in LA, does bands. Yeah. He's got some got some awesome stories though. Definitely up your alley. You should check it out. No, I mean um, the Caddy Barn is a laugh a minute and stories galore. I mean it's just it's the best. It is. The they best. really those caddies really should get together and and come up with some sort of book or something because I, yeah. I'm sure. They have got just some great stories. As far as like the club, you know, I've heard from people that it's like you know everybody thinks it's like this golf mecca, but for like local members of Augusta, you know, people that have kind of been either grandfathered in or you know have some serious family ties, do they kind of walk around? I don't want to say on eggshells, but are they kind of watching themselves versus you know it feels like it's changed a lot and you've got a lot more international you know luminaries and corporate executives in there now. Is that kind of the case? Yeah, I mean, you still got a good many local folks that, like you say, kind of get grandfathered in. But I mean, they're they're members for a good reason too. And mm-hmm. um, I, I wouldn't say eggshells though. But you know, a lot of a lot of local members aren't over there as much as you think. They're actually over at Augusta Country Club way more than they are yeah. over the national. And they get hit up all all the time to to try and take folks out there. So I think that gets a little bit annoying to them also. And um. But yeah, I mean, there's still there's still a pretty you know good many uh, local guys. You just don't really hear about them much because they they don't like to talk about it. So yeah, you know you're, you're hearing about the Warren Buffetts and you know Bill Gates of the world and I, I you know I think is Spurrier a member yet? 
he's not a member yet, is he? I know he wants to be, but um, some of those type guys you hear about more, but there's still a good many local members. Yeah, I've always heard stories about, like, you know, such such matters will not be discussed. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's true. I mean, I I think that's somewhat true. And I think Billy Payne has done a lot to bring in a little more diverse membership. But I do think they will always maintain local membership as well, just because historically that's what it's been. So even though, you know, I mean, and and listen, a lot of your local members are doctors and attorneys. I mean, they're not billionaires. yeah, but I, I, that, that's how it's going to be. I mean, there's actually a really prominent doctor here in in town that I know, and I've I used to coach his kids baseball, and I had no idea he was a member until last year. I was at the drive, chip and putt, and I saw him in a green jacket, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, so he just had he had no idea. Um, so, so yeah, they don't they don't talk about it that much, and they're not. It's not like they're out eating dinner in their green jacket, you know. <laughs> All right, David, Pat, question. This is. This is super random, but I feel like it's it's just it's been on my mind ever since I ever since I went to my first actually I won't say my first masters, but you know ever since I went after I was maybe eighteen or so and was really you know really really drinking beer when I was there is so they got the domestic and the import beer they got the clear kind of the clearish cup and the green cup. I've always tried to figure out which one's which, what kind of beer is in each one, any any window into that. All right, so well, you you miss one. So they actually they they break out the domestic. So you have domestic, you have light, and then you have the uh, the international, or whatever they whatever import they import the import. I always forget that. So the domestic is Budweiser, the light is Miller Light, and the import is Heineken. I can't reveal though how I know that. I know. I was gonna say I didn't even I didn't even know that. Well, you know, I, I know so, you like to talk a lot, David, but uh, you know, sometimes you got you got to ask some other questions. So. Interesting. Okay. All right. Cool. That was uh, that's that's been weighing on me for a number of years. So thank I appreciate it. It's only gonna cost you two dollars and fifty cents for each of them. That's great. That's right. That's the best part. Pat, what I wanted to ask you, what's the uh, you know being being Pretty pretty deep in the game over at Augusta Country Club. What's the word? Uh, yeah, I, I guess Augusta National purchased some land abutting the the 13th tee. There was there was I guess the was it the ninth hole at Augusta Country Club? Yeah, that's right. It's the ninth and where uh, 10 tee is, and I think they've got it worked out. I mean, it was um, it was there. I've I've heard of some pretty contentious discussions between. Uh, members of the country club and members of the national um, who were also members of the country club kind of on this deal, because I, I know a lot of the, the, the ACC members were hoping to get some badges as part of the deal, which is just not going to happen. The national is not going to do, do that. Um, and from what I'm hearing now, I think it, it, you know, they're, they're moving down that road and they're going to, um, they're going to buy all of kind of nine fairway and green. And then that 10 T area, and they're going to back up 13 some more so Bubba's not hitting sand wedges into the green. But they're also really wanting an access road built back there. So I think that's also, you know, that's probably not talked about as much. Obviously, they're going to talk about the course changes. But um, that's one of the biggest reasons that, that the National wants to land is for an access road back there for them. 
Yeah, I mean, if you guys have been to Augusta before, when you come this year, it's it's going to look so different. The National has bought up a ton of land on the other side of Berkman Road. And, I mean, in a very short amount of time, they have just made that thing look amazing. And uh, they're, they're just getting ready to make the, the fan experience and the, the hospitality experience even better. Um, so I, I was, we were driving, my wife and I were driving downtown uh, Augusta a couple, maybe a week or so ago, and we were driving past it. And I was like, you know, think about what this place looked like when we were kids and what it's going to look like when our kids are our age because it has changed so much and Augusta just continues to buy the land that surrounds them and, and make the experience even better. So um, it's it's pretty cool to watch um, it, it take place here in Augusta. It's a big drastic change and they do what they want. In fact, they had to lend the county money to do the construction. <laughs> uh, what side of the course is Berkman Road on? Um, it's like you're facing the the front gate, like you're going down Magnolia Lane. It's on the right, so it's the side of the course where, um, like one green, three green, four four, that par three, and that, so that side of the course. Yep. And that was just kind of rural country road, or was it was yeah, it was all houses. Right? It was a neighborhood houses. They just started buying up the houses, probably I don't know, twenty years ago. And um, just eventually took over the entire property there and built the parking. And there's actually like one or two holdouts. There's still have houses. yeah. There's two. In fact, they would be really fun to to get on the show if they if they would talk to us because they there are, I mean, there's one that's in particular that is in the middle of all of this. And I mean, you know, they're there it's their house, and you could see them sitting on their back porch, and then you know around them for as far as you can see is just the Augusta National taking over and they're just sitting in the middle of it and they're holding out for deer. I mean, I don't know if they're waiting on, you know, 1.4 million for their $120,000 house versus 1.2, but it's crazy. The whole out that is, that's there. Everybody will see it this year. It's pretty funny. Cause yeah, I was blown away last time I went just the difference between, you know, time maybe seven years ago and the time you know, th three or four years ago. And it was just, you know, the parking and then that whole kind of plaza where you walk in yep. there by, I guess that's like, what, five green? Um, that was just, it was just mind-blowing because before it was just like, you know, you just essentially would walk in kind of a corner of the property here. It's like, oh, shit, I'm at Augusta now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but going back to the to Augusta Country Club, so, like, that's a Donald Ross course, right? Correct. So, so what's the pl I mean, like, is the gonna, national paying for the architect fees, and then where are they going to put that that ninth that ninth green tenth tee? So there's a um, there's kind of a big gap between eight fairway and ten fairway, and um, and so they're gonna they're gonna make nine kind of go up towards um, up towards actually the fourteenth. T, which is a par three, so they're going to totally divert that hole, and then they're pretty much going to be able to keep ten. I think about the same. They may have to change the tee boxes and things like that, but but yet there's going to be a major reconstruction to that nine, the entire ninth hole, and then the tenth tee, from what I hear. And as far as architect and all that kind of stuff, I'm not really sure how that's going to work. Um, about early 2000, 2001, they they did a complete redo of a lot of the course 
and it had kind of gotten away from the old Donna Ross design. And so they, they kind of brought that back. Um, and they may use the same designer that, that they used when they, when they did sort of the remodel in, in early, the early 2000s. And then one other question I got for you guys, this just fascinates the hell out of me, is a few, a few years back, I remember, remember hearing stories about Augusta, you know, it was kind of when they were ramping up the, the whole lottery thing as well. Um, and Billy Payne was kind of you know, really, really asserting some of his influence. Was they went out and basically bought, bought up a bunch of badges on the on the secondary market, and then to, and then basically sent people letters and said, you no longer have badges because we caught you selling it. Is that, is that an urban legend or is that is that true? I'm sure it happens. Um, you know, one of the things I've heard this year for anybody that's going is that um, there may be some folks out there kind of asking if you'll do a survey and and part of that survey will involve you know how you got the tickets whether it was secondary or whatever else of course no, nobody has to answer a survey so um but i have heard that that's kind of the rumor i think going around i, I don't know we'll see when we get there if that's really happening but um, you yeah. know it, it, it totally happens i've had a friend of mine whose father sold his tickets and um the guy he sold them to was actually a ticket broker dropped his book that lists all because each ticket or each badge has a, a number on it he dropped his book out at the national and of course somebody found it turned it in and my friend's father lost his badges forever because they were all on the book and everybody else i'm sure who was on that book lost theirs as well so oh. my dad uh, we have we ha actually are lucky enough to have a couple badges and um my dad treats them uh, it's it's amazing. It's like I have to sign a book, checking them in and checking them out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, every year there's always rumors of, of the national doing stuff or tracking down. Um, we've got friends who are in the hospitality and, and ticket brokering game. Um, and every year there's this big scare about something's going to happen, and, and it never turns out that way. It really doesn't. Um, you know, I do know they, they – you know they monitor eBay and all that kind of stuff, and and they'll send you a reply if they, you know, if they see you doing something on there. I know I, I had a couple of caddies I worked with that even got in trouble for trying to sell their single day tickets. Um, they were doing it on eBay and got caught. But uh, so I know they do stuff like that. But I, I, you know I think as long as you're doing it by their rules, which is far enough away from the gate, they they know it happens. I mean, listen, if you drive down Washington Road right now, I mean, and even three weeks ago. The Golden Tickets bus is parked, you know, a mile and a half away from the gate in a in a gas station parking lot, and all they do all day is buy and sell tickets. So to me, if the National really was going to crack down on that, th those guys wouldn't be there. So I, I don't, as long as it happens far enough from the gate, and they don't see it going down immediately, uh, right there at the, at the gate when you walk in, then I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Unless somebody uses that thing and goes in and acts stupid. Then he can guarantee that the national is taking that ticket away. And how many tickets are there outstanding? Do you guys know? No idea. I would, no I would idea. love love to know. No clue. I would no. love to know. I've always wondered that too. How many people are are on the ground at a time? But you know the numbers of the national are pretty lip tight. I've heard the locals too, like some locals complaining about you know like the last maybe ten or fifteen years that yeah seems like there's there's more people out there. Right. I mean, it seems like they've they've increased the number of badges. Or... Yeah, and there's less locals getting tickets. I mean, that's like when I talk to my parents. I mean, my parents used to get tickets all the time, but 
you know, it seems like every year less and less people in Augusta are 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 getting their names pulled out of the lottery. But then again, you know, I mean, that could be all just just total BS. But I don't know. Yeah. At the end of the day, though, the Nationals going to do what they want to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what's going to happen. So. Well, hey guys, I think uh, coming up on our our time allotment here, so really appreciate uh, David and Pat your time. I uh, look forward to seeing you guys next week. Randy, Tron, as always, it's a pleasure. Um, got a lot of things on deck here for, for No Laying Up. We're doing a website redesign. Uh, we've kind of been underground for the past two or three weeks. Got some things on the uh, merchandise side coming out uh, during and post-masters, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but otherwise, I hope everybody enjoys uh, the Shell Open this week and then, of course, you know, golf Christmas next week. Um, so... Yeah, that's uh, that's all I've got. Um, and everybody take care. Thanks for joining us. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! <laughs>